the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like on top of me. A friend of mine sent me a text message. He said, isn't it great that the, uh, the Democrats voted to not extend the emergency rules to that fat slob, uh, some call a governor in Illinois? And I heard a couple other people, oh, it's great. Kudos to the Democrats. I'm sorry, that's not what I do. I do not thank fascists for easing up on fascism. I don't do it. The real question is, what the hell good was it in the first place? And why in the hell did you turn that fat slob into a king? And the destruction, can you quantify it? Is there any way to quantify the destruction to Illinois, to businesses, to, to individual families? Is there any way to quantify the drug addiction, the suicide rates, the depression in any of these hellhole Democrat mafia-run states? The answer is no. So if you're looking for me to go, oh, isn't it great? The Democrats didn't extend it, what, for his fifth time, his ninth time, whatever. He should have never had it in the first place. But that's enough about Illinois scumbags. On to the national scumbags. All of the same party. 2018, during the chaos of passing trillion-dollar spending bills, as we got used to that being normal, although it was a much better economy, it was a much better time, America was much stronger 2018, we were still blowing a tremendous amount of money, and little noticed provision in the 2,232-page government spending bill passed was a um, law that banned U.S. arms from going to a controversial Nazi militia group in Ukraine that has openly now accepted that Nazi group into the ranks. House passed the spending bill. For the next three years, you know how they like to wash that money around, the one that Joe Biden pretended he was in control of when he corrupted Ukraine, as far as I'm concerned, into perpetuity, as far as I can tell. It's just a Ukraine oligarch-run sewer of corruption that the Democrats are very comfortable with. The 1.3 omnibus spending bill signed into law last week stipulates that none of the funds, none, available by this act may be used to provide arms to the Azov Battalion. Those are the ones in Ukraine. They've got those little SS emblems on their arm. Oh, you have to look real close and you're not going to hear it on the news. And you will never hear it here in America except for some really good talk shows and maybe an opinion show once in a blue moon on Fox. But see, uh, we don't know exactly who we're supporting in this oligarch versus oligarch war. We can have our opinions about the issues, and I have mine, and I don't believe a damn word that comes out of the oligarchs in Ukraine or the oligarchs in Washington. Not a damn word. So do I care 
which one wins? I don't. I don't care as much as Obama administration and the people in it didn't care about Crimea. I understand the the aggravation of having enemies have nuclear capability, say, 90 miles off your shore. That's when I really started to look into arguably the last conservative president we've really had, aside from Reagan, in John F. Kennedy. However, I will not believe liars and frauds. So we're not going to get this news clip that I was able to find out of the another socialist country called Canada. I know there's a lot going on, but there's also some principles that they're exhibiting in the lack of American principles, as we are funding Nazis. Sure, they're Ukrainian soldiers, but it bothers me just the same. Although the Nazis have a lot in common with the American Fourth Reich, the Democrat Mafia. We probably don't want to be rubbing shoulders with uh, organized uh, in, um, far-right militant groups um, that have, you know, that are very open about it. I mean, you could go. So this is something that bothers me, and I'm going to get back to it. Turn it up a little bit too when we get back to it, Pete. There are people out there since World War II have been associating Nazis with the right, and from what I can ascertain, it must be because they're clothes match. You know, they had those big Hugo Boss uniforms with the wide lapels. Very schnazzy. Camel and black. Can't beat it. The gray. Big fan. However, Nazis are what the Democrats are here. They're fascists who are socialists. They like to control every aspect of the economy, every aspect of your life. Somehow, the Republicans are unable to articulate the fact that the National Socialist Worker Party of Germany is the equivalence ideologically to the American Socialist Worker Party of the Democrat Mafia that not only destroys great cities, but is now in control of America. So they're not far right. The Canadian is wrong, but he's Canadian. They're right about very few things. Now, if you want YouTube, their their videos of their trainings, the very forward symbolism, they're not hiding this stuff. Canadian diplomats and soldiers in Ukraine took an unusual meeting in June of 2018, one that's now coming to light. It was a meeting with one of the paramilitary units raised to fight off the Russian invasion of Ukraine's eastern provinces. One problem, that unit, the Azov Battalion, has been linked to neo-Nazism, and the Canadian military knew. An Ottawa citizen report says Canadian forces in Ukraine produced a briefing in 2017 saying members of the Azov Battalion identified themselves as Nazis. That's good enough for me. Now why in the hell are we giving the Nazis weapons? Because we prefer... The Nazis over Putin? I don't give a rip which one wins. I don't give a rip. And this has nothing to do with the wonderful Ukrainian people who fled the Soviet ideology only to come to America and experience our version of it. I'm talking about the corrupt oligarch governments that are getting now, we don't even know how much money and how much weapons. We are weaponizing the Nazis. Saddest part, this is not the first time Democrats weaponize Nazis. Oh, no. I don't know. And the only thing is, if we could resurrect Prescott Bush to handle their money, we could have all over World War II. It'd be just like World War II deja vu. But the June 2018 meeting happened anyway, with a Canadian Forces colonel and diplomatic staff attending. The battalion published pictures on social media saying Canadian representatives expressed their hopes for... This is the equivalent of the Iraqis and the Iranians fighting. If it wasn't for a, two, a few self-enriching, self-aggrandizing, corrupt politicians, who the hell gave a Durban, what the hell went on there?
for, quote, further fruitful cooperation. By the way, did we fix anything there? How's that working out? How's the trillions of dollars, tens of thousands of lives, not to mention the, the boys like I just heard in the, pro, the commercial before my show started? They got their legs blown off and their arms. I'm not talking about the socialists that didn't come back and run for, for positions in our government. I'm talking about the kids who bought that nonsense BS rally cry by corrupt political whores who never managed to send their kids into these hotspots. In a statement, the Department of National Defense says they are strongly opposed to the glorification of Nazism and all forms of racism, racial discrimination, xenophobia, intolerance, and extremism, adding... Notice the same verbiage, the same verbiage that is used to attack any rebuttal to their collectivism, to their fascism, to their control. Same verbiage. Rinse and repeat. Our official position remains that we are not, nor will we be providing support to Azov and affiliated entities. Brad Galloway with the Center for Hate, Bias and Extremism has studied the Azov Battalion. He says that while some neo-Nazi groups prefer to be discreet with their imagery, the Azov Battalion is more forthright. German News found members of the unit sporting SS symbols and swastikas. They're not hiding anything. Do you know who's hiding it from you? The American media. Yes, they are. Not just because they're propagandists of the American Democrat mafia, but because they are ideological Nazis themselves. They absolutely are. And that's why they support the positions of the most corrupt president this country's ever had. And we've had some beauties. But Joe Biden takes the cake. And the American Democrat mafia is just getting warmed up. So when I hear this story, of the Canadians. By the way, that's the last time we're going to say the Canadians were right about anything. As I hear the story about the Canadians identifying the, the, the SS and refusing to go for a fascistic, totalitarian aspect of the Ukrainian government, I wonder how they justify what they did yesterday. The government is issuing an order with immediate effect under the Emergencies Act authorizing Canadian financial institutions to temporarily cease providing financial services where the institution suspects that an account is being used to further the illegal blockades and occupations. That is so coming to America, it's not even funny. So if you refuse to, uh, to help the financial services, do you give the owners of that money, do you give them their money back? Oh, something tells me you fascist bastards aren't interested in that. This order covers both personal and corporate accounts. Uh-oh. Third, we are directing Canadian financial institutions to review their relationships with anyone involved in the illegal blockades and report to the RCMP or CSIS. Do you know how much money our government seizes from people? It is... Um, it is shocking. It is absolutely and completely shocking how governments can misuse their power to literally steal your money out of the bank. If now, in the year 2022, if they don't like your political views, if you affiliate with someone who has political views, the government fascist scum does not approve of. I'm more curious to know why they didn't want to commingle with the Nazis. I can't tell much of a difference, except these ones are just, what, pasty white and a little colder? As of today, a bank or other financial service provider will be able to immediately freeze or suspend an account. You know, it's a shame they let a woman do this. They should have got the guy that yelled at Mark Wyamiller to do it, that wannabe tough guy from some ghetto 
probably Berwin, Sewer, Cicero, Sewer, where they thought they were tough guys and they could talk to men like this. They just they, at least Canada does it with a little softer, a little lipstick on it. Without a court order. In doing so, they will be protected against civil liability for actions taken in good faith. What law? I thought law was about property. Law was the shield of the citizen. Not just against other citizens, but against a government. A totalitarian, abusive government that wanted to one day wake up and just take your property. Really? You have law? This is why it's an ultimate atrocity. Is when a lawyer, an officer of the court, someone who is sworn to uphold law, votes Democrat. This is what they support. Believe me when I tell you they support this. If this happened here in America and it was against people like me, they would be cheered by the Fourth Reich American Nazis calling themselves Democrats. They would be cheered. And there's not a lawyer that would come to my defense or yours. That's the other thing to think of. This is like looking into a crystal ball under the Biden feeble fascist wet diaper regime. Federal government institutions will have a new broad authority to share relevant information with banks. Oh, is this like that Department of Justice Gestapo wing that we have under Merrick Garland? And other financial. Oh, maybe it's the IRS that we're funding. We didn't really vote for it, but they just got, what, $85 billion, a little walking around money to hire more of the Gestapo? Financial service providers to ensure that we can all work together to put a stop to the funding of these illegal blockades what's illegal is the government seizing your property and i don't give a rip if it's canada i don't give a rip if it's ukraine or russia or america what we really have is an argument between fascists so i don't really give a rip who they think is the bad guy and who the good guy is because to me the ukraine vladimir putin they're not nearly as dangerous as the feeble fascist and the democrat mafia 312-642 5600. We'll be back. AM 560. You are not going to hear that on American News. You know, two years ago, when everyone took the bait and surrendered their American principles, their Americanism, surrendered what made the country great to these fascists of both parties, this is what happens when you do not have Law as your shield as an individual. This is what happens. It's the mobocracy. Sure, the feeble fascist and the rest of the Democrats call it democracy. But it's not democracy. It's a mobocracy. So you have half of the country, if not more, and I don't mean just the ones that are on government sustenance and cheese and welfare, also the corrupt oligarchs in the country, that will support the seizing of rights, of property, of all other citizens who speak up against the corruption in the collective. How could it be you're just going to sit sit there and only get the side of the story the Biden administration wants you to have? That clip of Joe Biden where he uh, holds back the billion dollars, he didn't have the authority to do that, but he did it, and there were no repercussions. This is what happens. See, when you uh, allow someone to abuse you, before you know it, when they come in the room and don't slap you in the face, you say thank you. And that's why Illinois Republicans are saying kudos to Illinois Democrats. This is now the mindset of a slave. And you'll take anything that comes from your master as the truth without questioning it. 
That's why it's crucially important to remember these are the biggest liars you've ever encountered in your life, in the history of this country. They just are now in control of our government. Nick, Northwest Side. Yeah, thank you. Uh, uh, you always have a great show, and uh, I like the way you refer to the, your screener as Bunny. You know, something else, man. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's really something. But anyhow, uh, my father is Ukrainian, my mother is Polish from Western Ukraine. That's why I get such an interest in all these topics about Ukraine. And I know to the average person, they say, "Well, I don't get it." You know, Israel, yeah, I can figure that out, or or something close to us here, maybe Canada. I'm not kidding, but uh, Cuba, if. Uh, Missiles were being put in by Russia again, you know. But anyhow, look, I, I look at this more in the last few weeks that even if I were not uh, of any background to, to be interested in it, that this is of interest to the average person in any democracy. What happened when Hitler wanted the Sudetenland? Just like here, uh, Putin wants that eastern area. He could easily have told the people just evacuate and go go to Russia, and that's it. Why, no, why he wants Putin? All right, so everyone tells me this. Everyone tells me yeah. that, that Putin wants Ukraine. Why? We know why he wanted Crimea. No, no, no. But you're not going to hear it in American news. He wanted Crimea because they already had their largest, their most expensive naval base there. Right, Sebastopol, right. Which is over 300 years has been Russian. He doesn't want Ukraine. Ukraine is a failed, corrupt country. It exists on corruption. It has has in it the, the largest backer of the now president used to be comedian. An oligarch who cannot leave the country or he will be thrown in prison. He's robbed everybody around the world. He's an arms dealer. He's a drug dealer. He's a big fat slob. And that's who's really pulling the strings here. And that is who corrupted that government. And that is how Hunter Biden got on the natural gas company. So what what am I supposed to do now, Nick? Am I supposed to run there because people, good people are from there? doesn't matter. You know who else was from Ukraine? Brezhnev. How was he? Was he a good guy? Should we run to the rescue? I don't think so. so. Thank you, Nick. So I appreciate the call, but I will not. I will not be told how much it, how important it is to America. It's not important to America. It's important to the Democrat mafia that has been bribed and has colluded with the Ukrainian mafia. It's not important. It's not worth one innocent kid's blood, sweat, or one of the, his mother's worry. It's not worth it let alone the money, but who gives a rip, right? We're printing that up like funny confetti anyway. Megan, Orland Park. Hey, Sean, long time no talk. How are you? Wonderful, thank you. Sean, hey, listen, when I listened to the, um, I guess the second in line to Trudeau talk, the finance minister last uh-huh. night, Yes. Uh, the, ca- the cadence of her and the glee of her reminded me of Emily Landon at the University of Chicago. Oh, wait, wait, hold on. It was like her moment to shine. Hold on, hold on one second. Let's see if Megan's right here. Hold on, hold on. Preparing to repeal statewide masking mandates at the end of the month is aggressive and optimistic. Oh, no, Emily Landon is far less sexually satisfied. Let's listen to the the girl from Canada. The government is issuing an order. That's a girl who's not repulsive. Emily Landon, repulsive. This poor thing, there's not enough Viagra and But it's also reasonable. This does not mean... That's a Chicago Democrat. They think orgasm is next to Pluto. Thank you very much for the call. I do appreciate it. But um, they are right from time to time. Like a blind squirrel in Canada, 
Every once in a while, while starving, it will find a nut. And Azov prominently places the wolf's hook and black sun, two symbols favored by the Nazis, on its crest. Maybe there's a wing of them that want to tone it down a little bit so it's playable in North America. You know, that could be one aspect of it. But I think with the way they're doing things over in Europe, I think it's they're not there. It's as advertised. Galloway says what concerns him most is the Canadian government underestimating the reach of groups like the Azov Battalion. We don't know how high up in the government, in the oligarch, in the, in the Ukrainian fraud of a government it is. We don't have any idea. What we do know is that our own country, our own Congress, way back to 2018, so there's not a Democrat that can remember yesterday, passed a law that we are not to give them money. We are not to support them militarily. You just had an 80-year-old dementia patient pretending to be the president come on and demand we support them militarily. Demand we give them money, arms, training, soldiers. Why? Because what the American Democrat mafia understands is you are almost as stupid as as they are. You can't remember if it's Tuesday or July either. After all, all he's got to do to get Democrat base to vote for him is give you something free that you used to be able to earn anyway. That's the trick. Let me take it away and then give it back. Before you know it, they'll be thanking us and giving us kudos. 312-642-5600. AM560, the answer. I don't think you understand, Squirrel Hands, how much I love the talking heads. Love them. Absolutely love them. So let's get some good news. We uh we had what appears to be a Thompson bump at the Christine Shanahan McGovern event. Christine, how are you? Hi there. How are you? I am doing great. Thank you. I just wanted to call in to give you an update about the event. Yes. Um, first of all, thank you and thank Carlene for doing the segment. There were about 20 people who showed up, uh, not from hearing your radio show, we had about 225 people that showed up, but they came up to me personally and said, so I heard about eight to nine percent. If I do my government math real quick, <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> but the, the feedback was very good. And it's always nice to show appreciation for those that help you. So that's what I'm doing now. So thank you oh, to you both for making that, sure that that was wonderful. Are you inspired now? Do you even have more fire in the belly? Are you ready to go get these bastards? I am. I I am even more fired up, and the energy was so positive there. Um, there are some some very very good candidates that showed up, and I'm excited. and And we are going to definitely make that change together. Like I said before, to protect our faith, family, and freedom. So thank you, know, you again for the opportunity. Oh, I thank you. I love what you're doing. I wish you the best of luck. You know, there's only two Irish guys I really love from my neighborhood, and they're not the normal Irish guys. They're big brothers. Big, big guys, and they're not in the Madigan Mafia. Those Madigan Mafia Democrats, I'm pretty convinced. I think you could take three of them by yourself, but with my help, they don't stand a chance. So I want to thank you very much. You keep up the good fight because it is a good fight, and you make sure those rats go collect their pension somewhere else, and I'll make sure they don't come to South Florida. Got a deal? Sounds wonderful. <laughs> wonderful. Wish you the best of luck. Thank you very much. Mark Oaklawn. Hey, Sean. How are you? Good, brother. How are you? I'm doing good. Hey, you know, I was listening to someone talk last night, and he made a great point, you know, about the, uh, oh, what's the whole political uh, environment and the atmosphere. You know, when, when, when Youngkin won in Virginia, you know, over McAuliffe, you know, that was a huge upset. 
Yeah. And, uh, and I mean, there was, there's a democratic mafia out there too, you oh, know, and, absolutely. Uh, and I'm sure there's a teacher's union and they're all bought and paid for. And, uh, uh and then, and then, uh, after that, you know, Murphy, I mean, in, in New Jersey, he was lucky yeah. to win and it wasn't even supposed to be close. And, so now, and, uh, now you're going to ask me what I think about Illinois. Yeah, I mean, you know, with all the shenanigans that's going on with Pritzker and his, uh, uh, you know, mandates, and and you know, he he likes to be the uh, the center of attention, and uh, I think people people. Mark, did you ever you hear think, the old uh, adage? New York invented political corruption. New Jersey perfected political corruption. Yeah, and Illinois yeah. made it an art form. You heard that, right? Illinois. I, yeah, I heard it from you. <laughs> Illinois has done something that those other states did not do. And that is they are running frauds as Republicans. So you have Irving, you have this yeah. Silicon Valley fraud, in my opinion, Jesse Sullivan, and you have yeah. an, an active attack on the, the biggest threat, who I believe is Gary Rabine, and the second biggest threat, who is Darren Bailey. So as far as I'm concerned, you have two guys that could make a difference. Otherwise, no matter if those other ones win, it's just a Democrat in a better suit with a better line of BS, unless it's Irving, who can't um, get out of a room if he was asked to give a good sentence that was coherent. So, you, you think he's got the chance on that Irving? I just don't see it. I mean, he's, he's got billions he's, now. He's got the money yeah. of Ken Griffin. Yeah. See, that's the that was yeah. their, that was their unicorn. They needed that money, so they came up with a cabinet, and they probably put one or two decent guys in the cabinet. I don't know for certain, and they have a a, a money bundler swindler who's close to Griffin. Who now is not only you think Republicans are that stupid, though? Sean, do you think Republicans are that stupid to vote for him? Look at Tom Brady. Look at Bill Brady. Look at Durkin. Look at these guys. Durkin's whole family are lobbyists. Bill Brady sets the wife up in video gaming industry. How many pot dispensaries do they own? Do I think they're that stupid? I think they're that corrupt and stupid. I think it's 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 a parlay. And I think that's the problem. Now, I came to that conclusion on my own. And like I said, I want to be wrong. I still have my family. I love stuck there. I have friends that can't afford to move, are are invested in their job, can't uproot their life. It's torture. That's the one who called me today. Don't you think we should give the Democrats a kudos? Are you out of your mind, I said? Are you out of your mind? That's how you adopt the mindset of a battered housewife, where you think a good day is when your husband comes in the the room and doesn't punch you in the face. Now you're officially a slave. And that's what we have. So yeah. I'm hoping I'm wrong, brother. And I'm I'm going to support, yeah. uh, um, you know, Christine. And I'm going to support other candidates and Gary Rabine the best I can. I mean, you know, these are wonderful people like you, like our listeners. These are people that want it to change. They want to believe in the truth. But you're living in a city that proves time and time again you can get away with virtually anything. The idea that we have a daily that that's going to prison, and I'll believe it when I see it, is an astonishing re- is an astonishing thing. You've got dailies in the past connected to that family that literally got away with murder, let alone yeah. the, the the crime of liquor distribution and the and the monopoly in that. That's just uh, icing on the cake. Thank you, though. Well, keep up, keep up the good work, Sean. I appreciate it very much. Thank you. That was very nice. See you. Bye. Um, now we're going to go to another Democrat fascist of the Fourth Reich in Chicago. I heard her during the break, and we were also talking about. Emily Landon, who thinks that orgasm is a planet next to Pluto. And now we're going to go to Dr. Awardi. She's not our doctor, not my doctor, not your doctor. To me, she's just the woman that inspired the faked male orgasm.
Um, I had actually shared internally with the team here, even before the governor had uh, sort of mentioned the end of the month, that I was feeling pretty confident that, you know, around the end of the month, the beginning of March, we would probably realistically be. Oh, uh, I love when you when you fascists hum your words like a valley girl. It's it's really interesting. Probably you'll get your freedom back. Do we have ours? Sure, because we're the gods. You're the slaves. Probably get it back. If you could stare at the TV long enough, it's one thing. I had to look away myself, but I have dignity. And uh, she makes me do that throw up in my mouth every time I look at her. In a place where we'd be able to, to, be, to be announcing the lifting of some of that. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I will be honest with you. We are going to hit the, we, 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 we need to hit those metrics um, oh. to feel confident. And I, I want people to understand that we're not just choosing a date. We're going based on when we're there. We're pulling for you, though. Pretty soon you'll be like a, like a, like a man. And a woman, and you'll be like an American just pretty soon. But we have to hit the metrics. Who came up with the metrics? Well, the FDA and the CDC. Who are they? Well, they're corrupt pieces of garbage. Biden wants to inoculate as many people as possible. So you have to get an annual shot. I mean, it hasn't been formally announced yet. So they don't want to, like, uh, rile everyone up. The drug companies, the food companies, the vaccine companies, so they pay us hundreds of millions of dollars a year. To Now, that's just the FDA. Hundreds of millions of dollars. They pay the CDC. They pay this pillow slayer, Awardi. They pay them all. When I say pillow slayer, I mean because her pillow and her toilet seat have the same exact view. 312-642-5600. I'll be back. AM560, the answer. The way that I view it is, these um, these slobs, these disgraceful human beings, who I would walk out of a business if I walked in and saw them sitting there. I'd walk out of a restaurant if I walked in and I saw them as waiters or chefs. They somehow have become an overlord to us. I find it disgraceful. So I do make fun of them. It's absolutely true because it's the only thing we can do. Right? You have to not be willing to accept the lie. And when you're thanking people for giving you your freedom back, we have a problem that I keep telling you about. And after crisis, with a violent change of, of power, structure, and economy, you have so-called the period of normalization. It- I will not go through that normalization of servitude. I will not. I am a terrible slave. And I want you to be one, too. Because you know how we got to $30 trillion? You know how these rat bastards have amassed fortunes that we can never earn? And I'm good at earning. I know guys that are professional traders never had the revenue generated of a Congress birthing person all shot up on Demerol and Botox, yet somehow she's worth hundreds of millions. You know how we got to this place? Because we accepted what they told us. We accepted it. And then we bought the argument they wanted us to buy. And we had the argument they wanted us to have. And they built a crime family, just like in Illinois. And it's got to stop. Illinois, you can leave eventually. When America becomes an oligarch-run, corrupt, socialist, collectivist hellhole, you got nowhere to go. And I get all these calls all the time. Oh, don't you think it's going to lead to civil war? No. You don't stand a chance, number one. You don't want that. I don't want that. If you can't tell by now... I don't want war. I'd rather go out in the parking lot and fist fight 35 guys. I don't want one kid to get killed. Not one. We already fought that war. We already established the law. We already are a country based in the law of the individual, the sovereign man.
None of this is constitutional. None of it is America. None of it. Let alone the fact that they're cartoon characters. Are you looking at these fracking people? If you find yourself sweeping away the news of a COVID-related death because that person had underlying medical conditions. You all have underlying medical conditions. You're Democrats. You're all fat. You're all lazy. You're all disgusting. I don't want people thinking I should try to get COVID to get that protection, given that we do see people sometimes, you know, not, it's always not. Oh, Doc, where would we be without you? Where would we be without your intellect? Moreover, where would Pfizer be without their profits that you generated? Where would they be without getting the money they laid out and they bribed your Democrat big derriere with? Biden wants to inoculate as many people as possible. So you can have to get an annual shot. I mean, it hasn't been formally announced yet. They don't want to, like, uh, rile everyone up. The drug companies, the food companies, the vaccine companies, they pay us hundreds of millions of dollars a year to hire and keep the reviewers to approve their products. That's the FDA. The people inside of it are bribed. It's corrupt. The CDC, the FDA, the NIH, the Gatsangul, it's all corrupt, all of it. If they can get every person required at an annual vaccine, that is a recurring return of um, uh, money going into their, their company. I mean, just from everything I've heard, they're not going to not approve it. Meet Christopher Cole, an executive officer at the FDA with over 20 years experience who claims to be directly involved in the approval process of the various COVID vaccines. What you're you're going to put that in your kids? I understand. I know friends of mine extorted or they were going to lose their jobs. I get it. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. You're going to let this go to the kids? They're already suppressing the problems, mandating, capitulation, coercion. That's the only way it can exist in this country. Lawyers are supposed to come to our defense. Where are you? Hello? Where are you? Or are you all just voting Democrats because you want to own a, a, an 80-unit uh, building with Tony Resco and get some of that government cheese payoff? We're about to witness raises some alarming concerns from the government's desire to mandate an annual vaccine for everyone, including young children, to the billions of dollars that exchange hands between our government and Big Pharma to railroad the approval process. Anybody that took money from a company then makes a law that benefits that company should do life. Life. Not a cushy life the way they have it now. Not where they get to call their banker and in control of their hundreds of millions like that drunk Nancy Pelosi. I'm talking about jail. Until lawmakers go and put barricades and restraints, the only place in this country it's supposed to be on the government, just get used to the fascism. It'll be called democracy. You'll love it. 312-642-5600. I'll be back. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now... With personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. When I attack unions, I get a lot of blowback. I never attack union workers. I attack the labor extortion mafias that they are. I do that because I worked in them. 
Oh, yes, I did. I saw it from first hand. And when you see a municipal union, you realize that's the epitome of mafia control. They're corrupt, negotiating with the corrupt, paid for by the innocent. It's a great scam. Even FDR, the fraud that he was, recognized it. But it's going to thrive under the current Democrat mafia because they love the corruption in it. And they see it. We have good people, though, that are putting up a fight against it. I first saw Mark Mix on Glenn Beck's show years ago. I then saw him on Neil Cavuto. I am excited to talk to him. He is one of the good guys. He is putting up a fight. He is using American law as it was meant to be used as my shield versus their weapon. Mark Mix, thank you so much for joining me. How are you? Sean, I'm doing great. I'm all fired up. I've been listening to you for the last 20 minutes, and, and I asked your producer if it was coffee or just natural, and she said it's just natural, so I'm ready to go. We're talking yeah. about a topic that, that's very, very important, and one that uh, it, it appears that not only is Illinois in the center of the country, but from a standpoint of union power, it is probably the leader, the case study in how union officials control politics and control the state. And the reason is it's the most corrupt, and uh, that's where it thrives. We are run by a Democrat mafia. We have a small mafia, though, which kind of gives you a little confidence, lulls you to sleep. They're all very tiny people. However, they are very good at their job. We have legendary aldermen, Speaker of the House, you name it, all up to prosecutors. But the reality is we had a big win in the midst of all of this. Illinois actually has a law on the books, the Janus Law, that prevents people from ultimately being extorted beyond the shadow of a doubt. However, they can lure them, entice them, and bribe them into capitulation. And in there lies our real problem, doesn't it? Yeah, indeed. In fact, uh, two of our last Supreme Court cases, we've been to the Supreme Court 18 times on behalf of individual workers in the history of the National Right to Work Legal Defense Foundation. The two, last two, the two cases we litigated and won at the Supreme Court were both out of Illinois. In 2014, it was Pam Harris versus then-Governor Quinn in, in a scam that was that was skimming Medicaid money that was designed and directed to her disabled, development disabled child, and the unions got in between it and got their cut before it ever went to the disabled person that was supposed to be used for medical care. The second one was the Janice v. v. Asme case that was litigated and won back in June of 2018, where we litigated on behalf of Mark Janice, an Illinois state employee, who basically said, I, will, I refuse to pay union dues to an organization that's, that's destroying my state. And it went through the federal court, and our lawyer, Bill Messenger, argued that case at the United States Supreme Court back in January of that year. And in in the final case decided on the final day of that term, the Supreme Court voted that no government worker anywhere in America, and that includes Chicago, doesn't have to, can't be forced to pay union dues or fees in order to work for their government. The important message now, Sean, is to get the word out to those employees. Employees are exercising those rights, but it needs to be faster and stronger and more powerful in order to put the reins on these radical union officials. But, Mark, just for a minute, and I've done this with my audience on past shows, just for a minute, if we could explain the lure of the mafia in the form of government unions. I do understand it because you have created a system that enriches the recipient so much that they put aside their principles, their dignity. It's the flaw of man. We're all whores. We're just negotiating prices. And the reality is they have a system in place that enriches these, these, these guys to the tune of being worth 3 or $4 million if you had it in a 401k when you factor in all of the benefits and the unrealistic returns. Nothing is based on return of investment. What I'd really like to do, and maybe you can help me with this, 
is sue them so that they stop using the Trojan horse of a pension and make them admit it is an employment agreement. It is a contract. It has nothing to do with investments. It has nothing to do with dues. It has nothing to do with reality. It is a bribe in cooperation for your vote and your capitulation and your foot soldiery. Well, Sean, I, I think your message is getting through because the unions decided they've got to put Amendment 1 on the ballot in Illinois to basically secure those powers in your so-called constitution out there, and uh, they would give them extraordinary power, and power that, in fact, would, uh, would prohibit the legislature from even governing these types of systems. And, and that seems like it's the ultimate corruption to me. I mean, the idea that somehow the, leg- the elected body of the state, the state legislature, can't tinker or can't, can't reform and can't be involved in decisions that, that basically take taxpayer money, what are you at now, $300 billion in debt for your, uh, your benefits program out there in Chicago, yeah, something like that? Might as, you might as yeah. well make it a gazillion because the number doesn't matter. What, what they yeah. have managed to do is allow the taxing of honest, good people in the name of the chosen gods and the capitulators of corruption. And that's just the way I see it. Now, now these are good people, too. I'm not mad at all of them. I understand yeah. it, but it is a scam, and I think we have to stop pretending it isn't if we're going to have any headway in it, because we have to make people understand you're being bribed to give up your your reason and your dignity. And you're buying that lie because that's the one that, at the end of the day, enriches you. And that's the point we're at. And if we can do that, if we can make a little headway, then I do believe there is hope. Because I do believe, ultimately, we have a good amount of people that are forced into it that would prefer it to be more honest. Yeah, that's right. And it, it's the monopoly bargaining power. You know, the forced fees, the forced union dues and fees that are no longer legal under the Janus decision come with the with the kind of the platform. The foundation of the forced fees is this monopoly union power that Jesse Sharkey and the folks at the CTU have over every single teacher. I mean, in 2019, we ended up representing a couple of teachers that crossed the picket line. You know, the area representatives of the unions were calling in who was crossing the picket line and trying to go teach kids or at least be in the classroom for them. And we ended up taking you know, two teachers from Chicago to the U.S. Supreme Court about the escape period. How can you get out of this, you know, this union control, this union monopoly? Unfortunately, the Supreme Court decided not to take that case. We have a couple more in the hopper that are up. In fact, one is going to be conferenced on Friday of this week by the U.S. Supreme Court that deals with this monopoly power, this cartel-like power that union officials have over taxpayers. And, and Sean, you're right. It does come with, quote, you know, employees being intimidated or, or just simply saying, look, I, you know, I can't take on the government myself. And Lord knows we wouldn't want to negotiate with Lori Lightfoot directly, would we? I mean, uh, and Next so thing you know, but, you'll end up in funny clothes with a strange accent. Go ahead. Yeah, well, well, she, you know, she she threatened uh, the CTU with the, you know, we're out of runway space here, and yet the CTU continues to walk over her and uh, and the folks out there that are supposed to be in control of the school system. It's really controlled by the union because they have that monopoly power. So until we can get to that fundamental power, and you pointed out Franklin Roosevelt, he's the one that said it's unthinkable that we would unionize government. It doesn't work. It can't work. And we are surely proving Franklin Roosevelt to be right at least on one thing. And that is that if you give a monopoly to a monopoly, you're going to have real trouble. And so New York, Illinois, California, New Jersey, Connecticut, those states that have the highest density of of union power and union control in their governmental systems are the first ones on the financial teeter-totter toward bankruptcy. Yet, if it weren't for COVID, you probably would be bankrupt by now because Congress sent the worst managed states in the country the most amount of taxpayer money. 
And that's why I believe that it was crucially important for these corrupt, organized crime families to, to have a Biden administration, because this will at least go on for the remainder of his tenure. And there is something else. I, 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 is it because maybe we're not explaining it in the, in the fundamental principle, but in essence what we've done is legalized bribery. I had a guest on my show yesterday who said, you know, we had a downtick in union contributions to Democrats. It went from 99.8 down to 97% of the dues being given to the Democrat Party. I mean, you know, Mark, don't don't uh, uh, relieve yourself in my ear and tell me it's raining. This is legalized bribery, clear and present. As an American people, as somebody that the rule of law is supposed to mean something, although the last decade has proved it doesn't mean anything, can we not make win on just that argument that you are bribing payoffs? Well, I think we can, and we try to make those cases, Sean, all the time. We've got about 250 active cases on behalf of workers all across the country, and a large portion of those are, are dedicated to the public sector unions and the government sector unions, and so we keep at it. But, you know, you're right. It's a vicious political cycle, and your word of corruption is spot on as you analyze it. You have this, this organization that can basically bribe people to support them. Then they turn around and use that revenue, the dues revenue, to elect politicians that give them more power to force more workers into the union, to pay more union dues, that give them more political contributions. And then when it's all settled out just in one cycle, they sit down at the same table and they negotiate with each other. I mean, it really is a racket. And uh, you're, I mean, you're, you're a little stronger than I am, but it, I think our, our definitions of this are exactly the same. It's that monopoly government power, a private organization. Get this. They, you know, the union is a private organization that's gotten in between citizens, taxpayers, parents, and their elected officials. And there is no place for anybody in that space when it comes to redressing the government unless you have this monopoly power. And they do. And that's why they can control Mayor Lightfoot and your aldermen and your alderwomen. And all those people in Chicago and the people in Springfield can be controlled by this radical power it's that Don is Corleone. unique. Yeah, it's yeah. Don Corleone. Unique. They own these unique. politicians like chicklets in his pocket. This is what we have here. So listen, I don't know what your courtrooms are like, but if I could smoke cigars, I'll come in there and help you if you want me to round off the argument. You give me a heads up. Well, I, you know, I don't know. The fact that you said you had the Declaration as opposed to the Constitution gives you a leg up on everybody else because it's the Declaration that lays right. out these rights. It, and, and it's the Constitution that limits government power. And boy, oh boy, they've blown through the first ten of those really quickly. Do you know how long and, uh, it took me to get the rest them of it. to say Declaration versus Constitution? They had to sign me to a regular show. I was arguing with it since day one. They had Constitution originally. But, you know, I got the, the regular show and they made, a const- they made a Declaration because that really is the, the point where I feel we are. The political yeah. bands that bind us need to be broken if the rule of law does not come in and rescue me. And that's why I walked around with that arrogance, because I was under the impression that all people, all Americans, understood that the rule of law basically made socialism, collectivism, and corruption illegal in this country. Yet here I sit, willing to thank my abuser if he lets me go out of my house without a mask on. Willing to thank my abuser if he doesn't force me to put an experiment in my body or my child's body. We've fallen quite a far way, and I blame a lot of the lawyers out there. I'm curious to know, as a good lawyer, as somebody who understands these principles that we're talking about, how disgusted are you? Because I'm not a lawyer, and I chew on my pillow like juicy fruit. How do you sleep? (laughs) Well, I'm not a lawyer either, Sean. We have 22 lawyers at the foundation, so that's enough in one building. But uh, I get to work with them every day, and, and I will tell you, I will tell you that it is 
tremendously encouraging to have attorneys that actually practice law that talks about the right to associate, the right to speech, and the corollary rights not to associate and not to speak when it comes to the Bill of Rights. You know, it's really a privilege. And then to have individuals like Mark Janison in Springfield and Pam Harris in, near Chicago, to have the courage to stand up and fight and be able to take them to the highest court in the land so they get their half an hour debate, that's still pretty cool, and that's encouraging. That's why there's hope. And let me give you one more example of hope. Three school board members in San Francisco got recalled. There were only three eligible for recalls. They all got recalled by, by astounding, by unbelievable numbers in the city of San Francisco. Something's in the air, Sean. It's not cigar smoke. Wow. It's Americans standing up and recognizing that this in grand experiment of self-government, we have to be involved, we have to be engaged, and we have to hold politicians accountable. It may not be able to happen down in uh, the South Shore or the, the West Side of Chicago, but it can happen in other places in Illinois. If it can happen in San Francisco, and we can get a right-to-work law passed in Michigan, there is hope, and there is a way to do it. We just have to be active and, and stay at it. That's what we have to do. I've had two friends call me recently. One who I love to death, I grew up with him, his brother and everybody, and they're wonderful. His daughter was a teacher. She, they're very religious people. She had the exemption. They took the exemption away. They ended up firing her. I have another dear, mm -hmm. dear friend of mine whose um, relative went all through nursing school right up until she was supposed to graduate. She, too, had a religious exemption for the forced mandated vaccine. In the 11th hour, they kicked her out of school after she accumulated all those loans. Are these people, even though you have the, the National Right to Work Committee and the National Right to Work Legal Defense Foundation, is this something you're looking at, is the abuse of government to really destroy the lives of individuals who merely wanted to stand up for their unalienable rights? Do you help with this? And if so, how can the people contact you or where can they go to help you? Yeah, we actually have helped some individuals when the union is the one that enforces the mandate and the union has the worker fired. We have stepped in in several instances. In fact, have gotten literally dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of phone calls. And our attorneys have talked to those individuals about how they can work through this process. In fact, we had a couple of employees up in a, a university in Massachusetts that will go unnamed. Uh, get their jobs back because they were able to exercise their rights and use kind of the arguments that our lawyers put put together. So if there are workers out there and individuals out there, professionals out there that have these questions, they can call in and talk to an attorney. And if it's if it's the union that's involved, if the union's involved in it, we, we basically want to take on organized labor and their compulsory power. And when they are the ones that are enforcing this mandate, that's where we think we can have an impact. And so they can call and talk to an attorney for free. Uh, our, we provide free legal services to everyone that we help, and uh, they can find us on that amazing Internet at nrtw.org where there's lots of videos about their rights and questions and answers about their rights, and then there's a number to call and speak with a lawyer toll-free about your rights and what the unions can do and can't do as it relates to issues like you know, having you fired for mandating something outside of a religious objection. We've been able to litigate the religious objection, the conscience clause, and protect workers who, who have a philosophical or religious belief against the forced unionization and the stands that those unions take on radical issues that are opposed to their, their theology, if you will. And we've worked it very effectively in that regard, and I think there's more to do on the other front. Fortunately, it looks like these mandates are coming up because, Sean, guess, guess what? We're in the political season, not the policy season anymore. So yeah. when politics, when policy is, is exhausted and the time runs out and people are going to be on the ballot, 
Then politics, the political science comes in, and that's where we are now, and I think we're seeing an easing. In Virginia, just yesterday, they voted to remove the masks in a Democrat-controlled Senate. They, were, they voted to revoke the mandates on masks, and the lawsuits against Glenn Youngkin have all been dropped, and I think yeah. the governor today signed the bill that says there's no longer any mask mandates in Virginia. We had a big win in Illinois. They took the necklace Pritzker, and they uh, told him he had to end his emergency dictatorship as well. He consoled himself the same way he celebrates with whipped cream and a big dessert. And uh, it looks like you know people are getting used to it because they start to think they're abusers, and that's when I lose my temper. But what I like are organizations like yours. It's the National Right to Work Committee, National Right to Work Legal Defense Foundation. Go online. I'm assuming the people can support you as well who don't need your services but appreciate your work. Is that correct? Well, absolutely they could. We are the disposable part of disposable income, and we don't have any government money or we don't take any. We, we survive on voluntary contributions, and so we have to earn our money every day. That's wonderful. I love it. And, Mark, keep up the good work. It makes me feel good. It gives me optimism that there are still people like you putting the fight where it should be to get our law back. Because if it doesn't, if it isn't our shield, it is clearly their weapon, and we need to reestablish that. He is Mark Mix. Thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate it. My pleasure, Sean. Stay, stay angry, my friend. It's oh, good stuff, okay? <laughs> yeah. Right up until I get home, and then everything's wonderful. Thank you so much. I appreciate right. it. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. AM 560, The Answer. Listen, I went long with uh, Mark Mix. Put my producer in a pickle. Squirrel Hands Pete had to scramble. A friend of mine texted me. He's like, why so long? Hey, we got to make the money. We're capitalists. I don't have government cheese. Show doesn't operate on some sort of a handout. I love each and every one of my supporters, my advertisers. This would not be possible without them or you. So if you're on the line and I offended you, which I think I'm going to go to Clay, he, I want everyone to know, I don't blame the workers. I blame the corruption in the scam of the Monopoly Union, Municipal Union. It's outrageous. Clay Wheeling. What's up, Big Sean? How you doing? Good, brother. Hey, um, just a couple points here. I'm 28 years old, and the love the young guys love the fire. They love the passion. Oh, so good. Don't, don't good. drop it for a, don't drop it for a second. Keep fighting the good fight. No. Um, second point here. I'm local 27. I'm a union glazer, and you know what? Unions are are good and bad things. They're like guns. They can be used for good or bad. All right. You know what? And for every union member listening out here, that pack fund that we contribute to the Democrats. As union members, you do not have to pay that. You can opt out. You got to fight like hell with your union BAs, but you will you will surely get out of it. You are not required to contribute to that. It is a little in, known fact. I was in a couple unions. I was in that. Yep. It was a labor, right? So I was yep. going to be a bricklayer. I was in that one. I went to work for an excavation company. I was going to be a heavy equipment operator. I toyed with that one. I loaded trucks at the South Water Market. They all. Um, presented themselves as helpful to the worker. But yeah, one question absolutely. that could never be answered is if the company, if you're getting money from the company and you're getting money from me, wouldn't it be better served if you were eliminated? They've eked out a multi-billion dollar industry for doing oh, nothing absolutely. more than no negotiations with oftentimes corrupt the work environment, which is why you have to deal with their moron cousins and their phony big Buick Roadmaster and their fat-ass business agents that make me sick. And I didn't want to, if I'm a, I'm a Mafia one, I don't need any big fat slob to tell me how much I owe him for my job. So I couldn't take it, and it was the best thing in the world for me, 
But I want everyone to have that. I don't think people understand they're getting money you should get if you're a good worker. And that's the other thing. I have yet to meet a union that wanted you to produce at your highest. The one thing they all have in common, they teach you how to go on break. That's a problem. One one more thing here, Sean. You know what? The the craziest thing is, is that the unions keep donating this PAC money to Democrats. What are the the two biggest things Democrats stand for right now? is nationalized health care and illegal immigration. What is, what's, <laughs> Two things that will kill the union. Oxymoron. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay, you want to eliminate private health care and at the same time encourage a bunch of illegal workers. And what's, yeah. what's the first thing illegal immigrants come to do when they work here? They get construction jobs because it's something yeah. that they can do. It, it completely undermines the whole thing. But, okay. you know, two, two cigars. people in them. Two cigars wrapped with a $100 bill gets you pretty far in Chicago, I'll tell you that much. Thanks, Sean. <laughs> Thank you, Clay. As long as you buy those cigars at the Elmhurst Cigar House, I still have an interest in it. Mike on the south side. Hey, man, I tried to get hold of yesterday. Sorry, man. Busy I told you. Busy. I'm, I'm loved. Yeah, I, I, I told your call screener, so they're lifting the, uh, the diaper mandates that were never legal anyway. And I'm like, you know what? what we're all supposed to have a kumbaya moment and celebrate. You know, the things are never legal anyway. It was really the catalyst to when I said, uh, not for me. Nobody's going to, I'm not going to put anything on my face, and I'm certainly not going to put it on my face for a fat-ass fascist. Never. And this whole thing, aren't you part of society? No. I'm not part of society. Society exists around me. I don't live for it. So take your 500 cholesterol and your stretch marks and get the hell away from me. Go ahead. Yeah, so so this is what I did, you know, because I'm in, you know, the south side of Chicago and, you know, I, I run a business and sometimes I got to go in out of Home Depot or Menards or whatever. I had a bandana because I know bandanas don't work. I know masks don't work. And the bandana had cross pistols on it and it said Second Amendment. And people just like stare at me. And I, would, I breathe out of my nose. And I'm, I'm looking at them like I look like Pancho Villa. That's nice. That's nice. You get a little respect when you look like Pancho Villa. I like it, Mike. See, this outside guy could figure it out. I appreciate it. Thank you very much for listening. And what I did is I took an old golf shirt. They came out with that um, summer blend so you could sweat through it and all the rest. And I made a little mask out of it. It was perfect. I could have drank water through it. It was wonderful, and I could I could breathe through it. That's how I was flying back and forth. Joe on the south side. Hey, Sean. Thank you for taking my call. I'm another one of those young guys that, like, you know, the way you deliver the message, you know, you're willing to fight. But I know earlier you made a comment. We are fighting the good fight, starting small, doing grassroots politics. But with what we're finding out, which we already knew was true with the Durham report, that at our highest level, um, diplomacy looks like uh, it, it's failed. And I always you know, tell people that the difference between being peaceful and harmless is in order to be peaceful, you have to be capable of force. It's exactly and I really right. do... I love it. I really do think... I really do think, you know, they keep on ratcheted up the pressure on the people, you know, if that is a card that has to be played, you know, America has strong people. We've done it once, and they need to be put in check, and we'll do it again. If you look at the gun sales numbers in this country, they are off the chain every time they ratchet up their power. I understand, but ultimately what that boils down to is what? What that boils down to is the atrocity in the first one. And it's horrible. um, Americans slaughtering Americans when you could do it through articulation and through the rule of law. All of it could have been done. And the first time, you know, they want you to believe, oh, no, there was no other way. There was. And ultimately it was done by a fascist, in my opinion. 
and you give an order to, for Americans to do that. I will, I will never support that, brother. Joe, I'd rather take these son of a guns out in the parking lot. Let's go throw your dukes up. You know, for, for me to go after a young kid who's just a moron, believe in propaganda, that's not something I advocate for. But what I do advocate for are kids like you. And you're a kid to me. You could be my kid. Kids like you that understand the righteous aspect of America, the legal aspect of America, the unalienable rights was built around you, not Dr. Awari, not Lori Lightfoot, not the mob, but you. And I think we can get it back without it. And ultimately, Joe, my advice to you is to go somewhere where you're loved. That's how you do it. There are places that support that. There really, really are. And amongst those visitors, I just have to point out, you have governors that have locked down their states, imposed mandates, imposed restrictions. You have big city mayors that have imposed lockdown policies. You have people on TV news networks that advocate for restrictions and lockdowns, and almost all of them have been criticizing Florida for a year and a half. And yet many of them are part of our visitation figures coming down to Florida. You find them on the beach. You find them somewhere else at some resort. Uh, all the while, they're treating their own people uh, very poorly. And criti And that's why I'm angry. Because you don't have to take it. You're forced into taking it. And you do that thing all my friends and my family do. You live for everybody else that you love. And before you know it, you become this willing slave. Well, these rat bastards come down here where I live to be a free man. It's an atrocity. It's infuriating. It's also why I live here. Because I will not be tolerated. I will not tolerate that. I will not be treated like that. Because I'm an American. You don't get to tell me anything. And I don't care what your title is. You don't get to force me to do anything. That's the principle of this country. We're way, way, way out of that. And we're dealing with frauds and scumbags. So do you think that the local politics when it comes to these kinds of mandates are overriding the science or largely no? Well, I, I, Hallie, I wouldn't say it's the politics. I think it's 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 the different uh, evaluation of what's right for. A it's the bribery. Yes, it is pickle face. It's the bribery. You've been bought and sold. You're owned and operated, and you've been also working in the shadows to help Big Pharma. Oh, but you did, because it wasn't just Pfizer that went to Wuhan with its research and development lab that nobody wants to talk to back in 2009, but everybody can find. It was you funding both the Wuhan lab and God knows what else the whole time you've been operating as a doctor. You're a doctor, all right. You're a proctologist. That's what you are. I'm the manager for the uh, Food and Drug Administration. My, uh, my agency oversees vaccines, oh. vaccine approvals, and, and uh, devices for vaccines. And my office clears all the uh, emergency approvals. Since COVID is under an emergency uh, order, we expedite the approval of any emergency. I've been there for like 22 years. Biden wants to inoculate. You know, at least a drug dealing scumbag pusher on the corner. At least he knows right from wrong, and he knows he's doing wrong. You pretend you're doing right, FDA. You have zero credibility, like the CDC, the NIH, and the you-name-it acronym. Many people as possible. So you have to get an annual shot. I mean, it hasn't been formally announced yet, because they don't want to, like... Uh... Well, you better shelf that, you corrupt bastard. Because it's exposed what you are. And my Americans aren't going to buy it any longer. 312 642
5600. Don't be mad at me. We're capitalists. We have to go to commercial from time to time. AM 560. The answer. This White House is the most incompetent, most corrupt, most open and notorious fascistic regime this country's ever, ever, ever faced. Pippi Livestocking is looking more and more ridiculous. I think she switched the color. It really looks terrible. And then she has the audacity to wear a red shirt. It's almost hard to even play the clips. But I want to play another thing on the uh, White House position on masks. I find it enlightening. But if we're talking about kids in school yeah. and they don't have, and look, I've tried to get, I have little kids. I've tried to get high quality masks for them. It's tough. They come, they don't fit. They fit one, they don't fit the other. Does it make sense to read? You realize in 30 years, somebody out there, some kid is going to realize how futile all of these actions were. Absolutely futile. Blind mice. The numbers are in comparison with states that didn't enact it, let alone countries that didn't enact this kind of tyranny. They did nothing. None of their so-called solutions did anything except enrich the corrupted. And that's where the rub is. Consider it while you don't have those high-quality masks available for younger kids, or, or why not? I think what CDC has said is that, is that you should be wearing a mask that's the best mask possible, so we know cloth masks are better. Shut up. Shut up, you lying fraud. The president's COVID plan is clearly working. and we More people are dead. Hey, stupid. Three vaccines, all your fascism. More people died this year than last year. And it wasn't because of Omicron. No, no, no. It was because you're lying to the people. You have no solution. You have no preventative. You have nothing. And not only that, you're using your power and abusing your power to keep Americans away from products that were not solely owned by Pfizer and the other two rat bastards that own you to keep them alive. How do you quantify that? We believe the American people will be well served by our deliberate and thorough approach to planning for the future. What you did here is an atrocity to the American people, and history will vindicate me. History will vindicate Americanism. History will show you to be exactly what I accuse you to be, incompetent and corrupt. Sooner or later, the evidence will be clear. Rich, Park Ridge. Yes, sir, Sean, you are the greatest. You are the oh. man. I just wanted to call you know how great you are. Your voice is better than music, my man. Oh, thank you. Hey, better than listen, music. I didn't, Honestly, I didn't God, know you, you were going to You're on point. Now, Rich. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My, I, I know all my brother-in-laws. You sure you're not one? Because I'm not, I'm not going to buy you a car or anything. You sure you're all right with that? No, no, I'm okay with a car. <laughs> I'll get you one. How about that? Uh, I'll get here's what one. I'm going to do, though. You're going to get one of my <laughs> new shirts, put Rich on hold. We've got shirts for sale. And it's got my show, and then it says, saying the quiet part out loud. Because that's what we're doing. See, we've been walking around this organized crime syndicate called Democrats for I don't know how many years, pretending that if we kept our mouths shut, we'd be in on their scam. And you'd get one of their mystical, magical pensions. You're not going to get one. And if you get one, you didn't really earn it. Sorry, boys, that's just the way it is. Stand up like a man, like an American. This is what your grandfathers, your grandmothers, this is what they wanted. You to stand up for liberty, for freedom, for righteousness. Not to bring that European corrupt Soviet system, Third Reich system to this shore. No. It's to stand up for principles. This is at the crossroads where we decide 
Are we going to be collectivists or will we be free men in the future? Throw this ragged... I almost swore, but I didn't mean it. Throw this diaper-wearing dimwit out of office. I'll be back after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a top of me. Clinton, or as she's known on this show, the Duchess of Chaffington. Not only as crooked as Grand Avenue and shady as a willow tree, she is the uh, the root of Whitewater. Chicago's very own Tom Dittmer and the bribery scandal where they pretended she was a commodity trader. And right after that, Tom Dittmer's grotesque wife became an ambassador. This was just the appetizer to the greatest scandal of all time, where Hillary Clinton, the Duchess of Chaffington, and the Democrat Mafia, decided to really kind of surveil their their uh, adversary, Donald Trump. They broke all kinds of laws. It's coming out now, but we knew that because that's what the Clinton crime family does. They break laws, they circumvent, they do it the Chicago way. And uh, I wanted to bring on really an intellectual renaissance man, Hans von Spakovsky. He's more than just an American attorney, an excellent attorney. He's a member. He's a former member of the Federal Election Commission. He's the manager at Heritage Foundation's Election Law Reform Initiative and the senior legal fellow at the Heritage Mises Center for Legal and Judicial Studies. Hans, thank you so much for joining me. I am a big fan. I love your work, and I appreciate it very much. Well, Sean, thanks for having me on. So you took this on with uh, the Duchess of Chaffington, as she's referred to on my show. And um, were you surprised when it all led back to the fact that her and her liaison in the Democrat mafia really um, misused power is, the, is, is if I'm kind. But moreover, it looks like they've corrupted bureaucracies inside of our government that were supposed to be working for the people to work against the people. Is that fair to say? Uh, yeah, I think that's very fair to say. Not only that, but it's fair to say that um, the high-tech Internet companies, which, as you know, um, have taken the side of the left, have been censoring the speech of conservatives and others, apparently they were helping her uh, covertly penetrate and sweep up Internet traffic of Donald Trump. And, you know, remember when 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 he said he thought he was being spied on at the Trump Tower, every uh, all, all these liberals said, oh, he's paranoid. That's just crazy. And now it turns out he was right. You know, it also does explain why shortly after his victory, his undeniable victory, the Silicon Valley oligarchs took the position of censoring, redacting, promoting propaganda and misinformation in the name of preventing it. It also explains why he was deplatformed. And so many of the people who supported him and fought against the Democrat mafia out in the open, quite frankly, really had their First Amendment rights more than just bastardized, but taken away. And it was only done because there had been a history of collusion between the Democrat mafia and the Silicon Valley oligarchs. I mean, that's the only explanation one reasonable person can come to, is it not? 
Well, it is. And it's also, um, I mean, reading this filing that John Durham uh, gave to the court on Friday, it's, it's just, it's a shocking and astonishing read. Because uh, you had this tech, tech executive, you know, he's not named, but he's been identified as a guy named Rodney Joffe. It wasn't just him and his company, apparently that was intercepting all of Trump's internet traffic at the Trump Tower and at Trump's West Department building. But he apparently brought in researchers at a U.S.-based university, which people uh, are saying was Georgia Tech, to help him do this. And why and how were they able to do it? They had a pending federal government cybersecurity research contract. So they're supposed to... Yeah, they're supposed to be, I guess, researching and making sure there's good cybersecurity uh, in the government. And instead, they're using it against uh, Donald Trump. And this didn't stop when he got elected president. Um, This guy, Joffe, apparently his company had a contract with the White House uh, to provide certain services to the computer servers there. And, and they did the same thing. They used that access to once again go in and collect Internet traffic at the White House. They penetrated the White House. I mean, it is, this is unbelievable. And as Durham lays out, why were they doing all this? Well, here's the quote from the court filing. For the purpose of gathering derogatory information about Donald Trump. I mean, it is, it's breathtaking. It's absolutely breathtaking. It, it, do, it does something else, doesn't it, Hans? It proves beyond the shadow of a doubt there are no good guys. These bureaucracies that we pretend are fighting on behalf of the American people and the Americanism we all love or are supposed to, whether we consider ourselves a Democrat or a Republican, the reality is these organizations, the FBI, the NSA, the CIA, have been politicized. They understand where their bread is buttered. They like the corruption in the Democrat mafia. It's why they protect it. How else can one explain... How the FBI did nothing, nothing. There was no good guy. Jake Sullivan, an ex-CIA operative, clearly a Democrat apparatchik, went on national TV all through 2017 and continued to promote what he had to have known was an unmitigated lie, as so many others did. And it takes you right up to Peter Schiff, one of the most grotesque elected officials this country's ever seen, but one of the most obvious and undeniable in on the scam, political whore, that should be thrown out of politics. But who is the good guy and what can be done? Well, right now the good guy is is John Durham. I mean, he's proceeding with this investigation. Now, people have been complaining that it's slow, but, but look, he's a highly respected professional. He's being very methodical. And what he's investigating is huge because... Uh, the Clinton campaign alone, apparently he's obtained tens of thousands of documents from them. Um, uh, then going into how the Bob Mueller investigation was conducted, then looking at what the FBI did in all of this. It's a very complex investigation, but, but he's proceeded. And I don't expect that this uh, shocking revelation that we just had is, is the last. Because here's the other thing that people need to understand. Um, in the pleading, Durham probably uh, apparently asked Joffe why he was doing this. Why did he participate in this? Why did he organize it? And the quote is, 
he was seeking to please certain VIPs, referring to individuals at Perkins Coie, that was the law firm acting for the Clinton campaign, and the Clinton campaign. So that, of course, raises the question, who in the Clinton campaign knew and approved of this, and how high up did it go? In a, in a country led by Joe Biden, who really, you right. could argue, is, I mean, it's ridiculous. You, it, these are crime family members as far as I'm concerned, but you'll have to forgive me, Hans. I don't watch sports. Uh, I'm married with uh, two kids in college, so this is my sport, and I do it all the time. It's all I think about. I investigate everything I can, and I have come to the conclusion that in a ferret-faced Merrick Garland-led Department of Justice, they're more interested in adding a um, paramilitary wing to squash political opposition than they are in prosecuting someone he greatly admires in the Duchess of Chaffington, Hillary Clinton. Why would I believe justice will be done in an American, in a Merrick Garland, Joe Biden Department of Justice? Well, I understand your doubts about that. I have the same doubt. And anybody who thinks we're exaggerating, just took a take a look at how he formed a task force to investigate and go after parents who were showing up at school board complaining about the critical race theory propaganda being in, inserted into their curriculum and into their kids' minds. He formed a task force that included not only the FBI, but the criminal division of the Justice Department and, of all things, the National Security Division of the Justice Department, the National Security Division's job is to go after jihadist terrorists, and yet they're bringing them into a task force to go after parents? That tells you just how uh, abusive the Attorney General is and how much he is willing to uh, use the powers, uh, uh, the, the great law enforcement powers of the FBI and uh, the Justice Department against the political opponents of the Biden administration. Hans, um, I want to ask you uh, from this perspective. I believe that um, these bureaucracies, the FBI, the CIA, and the rest of them, although they may have very, very good people in the, in the mix, the leadership of these bureaucracies are now open and notoriously political apparatchiks. And I'm curious to know what your thoughts are on the likelihood of that changing in the in in the future is that forever corrupted because one thing that seemed obvious to me was during the Trump administration's tenure that upper echelon really never did really never did change and it always maintained that sort of uh, hierarchy of corruption and collusion with the Democrat party well look you're right about that and the only way this will change is, look, one of the problems right now is that the federal government is too big. The Department of Justice is constantly, every budget gets more and more money, gets bigger and bigger. And to show you just how crazy that is, think about the fact that, um, look, we have less racial discrimination in this country and that at any time in our entire history, well, except for the, the elite colleges and their admissions policies. But in everyday life, we have less discrimination than we've ever had. And yet the Civil Rights Division 
which enforces our laws against that, is the largest it's ever been in our history. And what has to happen, one, is a major downsizing of the federal government, and two, getting rid of the merit protection service rules that make it impossible to fire government employees. They should be employed under the same rules that govern all of us in private industry. And they don't need these civil service rules that, like I said, make it impossible to fire them uh, and make it impossible for a president who's coming in that they don't like to actually get anything done. Hans, I've always believed that. I, I love talking to somebody of your caliber who understands the purpose of American law. I've always believed that law would ultimately come to our rescue. When you see so many attorneys now in politics, so many attorneys that are lobbyists, have they not legitimized pay-to-play schemes that in Chicago just kind of are accepted? I mean, the reality is we are sitting in a, in, at a time in American history when we have virtually legitimized open and notorious bribery, and it explains so many of our policies. It's the only real explanation. And at the same time, we've carved out a, a legal way for these political people to amass fortunes we in the private sector even if we are experts at the field of trading and the rest of it can never really obtain and it seems to me like there's not really a big push to change it or there is some sort of security wall around the rules that keep it very um self-enriching to just be cut in on the scam versus demand it be torn down and that's what happened to chicago and i don't want to see my nation become the city of Chicago. You think that there are enough good lawyers and people that will demand and understand how we have legitimized a pay-to-play scheme in a gangster government? Well, look, that, that is part of the problem. But what you've got to understand, too, is, and, and, and think about this. Look, take Chuck Schumer. You know, Chuck Schumer is, is completely pro-abortion. And if anybody thinks that if large pro-life groups suddenly started giving him lots of campaign money, he would suddenly change his mind, that's not going to happen. And the reason for that is that, look, we, there have been times in American history, uh, right before the American Civil War is probably a good example of that, where the country is seriously, has been, has been seriously divided about major issues. And I think that is the situation right now. We, we are in a, we're not in a hot civil war, but we're in a cold civil war. Um, throughout our culture, uh, in the academic institutions, in what government should and shouldn't be doing, in the immigration area, and uh, the, the money situation you talk about, which is a problem, uh, just changing that is not going to change the fact that uh, we're, we are in a battle for the heart and soul of this nation right now. And there is optimism, and I found it to be the only real silver lining of the the fascistic tyranny we've experienced over the last 20 years is that more people are engaged, more people are aware, yeah. and more people are speaking out. So there really is optimism where it doesn't have to lead to that place no one wants it to, but it can, in fact, lead to an ideological battle that we can win because ultimately we are right this is a corrupt form of government that only operates under a top-down collectivist fascistic manner and ultimately 
the people will hope, you know, shake it off, whether we see it in three years or whether we see it in 10, there is a, a reason to be optimistic because there are lawyers such as yourself and your organizations that are putting a, a, a fight forward and are winning in states like Florida and are winning in these 21 other states that are putting a good fight up against the Biden administration. But until we get a big name and a big obvious scam, such as the Durham report, such as the Clinton family, uh, crime family, Inc., and the Biden family, Inc., maybe if um, one of them went down, we'd get a little more optimistic. Do you think there's a possibility we see that? I don't know if there's a possibility of seeing that in the courts, but I definitely think there is a possibility of seeing that uh, in the next two elections. Um, this recent news that just came out about the Clinton campaign spying on the Trump campaign, uh, I think that has, has killed um, completely the talk that was just starting to be out there that Hillary Clinton would uh, run again in, uh, in uh, 2024 for president, that she was a good alternative to Joe Biden. I think that's dead in the water now. And so the Biden, one good news is he actually, she'll be able to retire. he actually make it for a second term? Yeah, I don't know. I, in your dealings with um, all of your, your organizations, is there a brighter call, a more obvious call, that Joe Biden is unfit and uncapable, even if we look aside from the five decades of corruption? It's obvious that uh, the 25th Amendment was really created so that we would not be subjected to uh, a president who is clearly not mentally capable of holding office. Is there any talk that you're hearing where we invoke the 25th Amendment? I mean, this man's embarrassing himself, but ab above all, he's a danger to the country. Isn't that more than obvious to the vast majority of people? Well, a lot of people are questioning his uh, mental capabilities, um, but the 25th of the, the Amendment is very tough to invoke. Uh, I don't see the Democrats or anyone in his cabinet uh, doing that. Um, so I I don't think that's going to happen. I think what may happen is he decides not to run in three years to get reelected. Uh, can you imagine how bad things are going to be in three, three years? I can't take three more months of this, Hans. I need organizations like yours to put up a good fight. Where can the people go to support you? Because I know you're at Mises. I know you're at the Heritage. But I also know you are a Renaissance man, and you have many, many different organizations you're affiliated with. What's the best way for the people to to follow and support you? Uh, they should go to heritage.org, heritage.org. Uh, everything that I write, uh, even when I get it published, places like Fox News, uh, then gets published at Heritage. It's a good way to follow us. And I can tell you, look, we, we are working hard on all of these issues, everything from what we talked about tonight to, to elections, to what's going on in the schools, to the, the budget-busting spending that, that Congress is doing. I mean, we, we work on all of those issues. Hans, I, I thank you. On behalf of my grandkids I have not met and Americans that are struggling to be proud of something that you, a Renaissance man fighting for the principles of Americanism, are doing the best work you can, and I want you to keep it up. And really, it's been an honor speaking to you. Thank you so much for coming on. Sure, thanks for having me. Hans von Spakovsky. We'll take the rest of your calls after this. AM560, the answer. I like that. I like that song. Hey, baby, won't you take a chance? Say that you'll let me have this dance. Well, I wouldn't 
be surprised if Paul Anka wrote it. You know, he wrote all of that. Genius. Absolute genius. So we got a call, and Bunny uh, blocks him. That's what we do now. We block him rather than deal with these Chicago Democrats. And it's the same stuff. They want to talk about how righteous and how great it is. You're wallowing in failure. You've destroyed a great city. Now live in it. You don't have to listen to me. Turn the station. Go listen to propaganda radio. Go have a good time. This is for people who understand and recognize exactly what happened and who is responsible. The political pimps and whores of the Democrat mafia. Simple. You want to support that? Go. Go your own way. If only we could figure out a way so you you actually financially supported your failure and your corruption. See, but you can't do it. You have to implement fascism. You have to implement a mobocracy, an extortion game. Because you can't support your own crime. You can only do it through some false sense of justification of your tyranny, of your fascism, of your anti-Americanism. You can't live on your own. Only we can. You need us. But we don't need you. Not for anything. I don't need you. I don't want you. Change the station, scumbag. Go wallow in Humble Park's misery. John Lincolnwood. Sean. Yes, buddy. I've been off for a few weeks, but I wanted to let you know I'm still listening to you. And uh, I wanted to let you know you're just awesome. You know, I'm glad you're on the radio. You say the right things. You do the right things. Thank God for you, man. Thank God. And you know what? Go ahead, sir. Well, I was going to say, you know, after we get these calls, because I get about three or four a night, we get these calls. And then when I started doing the show, I used to still live in the area, and I would always tell them, come on out. But they never come out because they're cowards. And, you know, I thought about that for a minute. They live like cowards. Their politics is that of a coward, which is why they support fascism. And their life is that of a coward, which, as they openly admit, they need somebody else to give them something. So that's why I like that ideological secession from the American mafia, calling himself a Democrat. So it makes well, me feel Sean, good when you call. Thank you. John, you know what? You're absolutely right. I, call, I called this morning to, to Dan and, uh, not some sorry, Amy and uh, Paul show tonight, yeah. uh, this morning, and I told them there was a fascist that's on the 219 uh, school board, I want them to know that I'm coming for him. You know, not not in a bad way, but I'm not just coming for ideologically. him. Ideologically. Ideologically. And you can separate from them, John. You I'm can. Gonna, I'm going to make sure he, uh, you know, he gets his, he gets whatever is coming to him because, you know what, he's done nothing but bad stuff to everybody in my neighborhood. He's the, getting what's coming to him. Don't worry about it. Make sure he's for you. off. All right, John. I appreciate that very much. It's very nice. Jeff in Chicago. Hey, buddy. Uh, aloha from Hawaii. <laughs> hey, Jeff. Hey, aloha. Hey, uh, I wish you guys were here, man. It's it's the sunny in, in uh, 82, so there you go. <laughs> I'm South Florida. Um, it's yeah, like Hawaii, only without the Democrats. Go ahead. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, that's the problem here, too, but... You know, I've got to hang up with people that are still Trumpsters. I'm, I'm okay. I'm a Republican. I got off the Trump bandwagon after he got didn't get elected. But here's the problem, and I don't know if you see this coming. All the people that vote for Trump are trying to push the Trump agenda between now and November. They're going to lose their shorts in November because I honestly believe that the, you're starting to see this with the Republican Party in some aspects in the Congress and the Senate. If we don't change uh, who are going to get elected? You know who is going to be the next guy well, we I, need? 
I think Trump no, can't be to, the Trump. It, we have to recognize something. You have to recognize something. There's there's an anger and there's a disgust there because so many of us understand that what happened in 2020 was theft. So it's hard, right? Because well, you're yeah. emotional about it, right? I was doing election coverage that night. I had argued with many of, of, of the, the positions of Donald Trump's lobbyists who pretended to be his cabinet people. I did. I was disgusted with Steve Mnuchin. Still am. You know, he's the one that looked like Liza Minnelli, who was the biggest Democrat money bundler for Barack Obama, who when Trump won, he used his political connection to get in there. Along with so many others. Peter Navarro. I'm, I'm not a fan. I think he had some good points. But for the most part, I found him to be the kind of guy who would make up people who supported his book because they didn't exist. And by the way, he did. I didn't like Roger Stone. Yeah. He's a creepy bastard. Roger Stone's a creepy bastard. So I don't support a lot of those guys. But what I did recognize is that Donald Trump was a very, very effective president. And he upset the mafia in the most important places, in their foreign policy and corruption and in their economic corruption. And he also did something. He tore out many, many thousands of regulations, which are now back in. But he did that, and he should have been able yeah. to do it legally rather than by executive fiat. But he did what he did, and he was great. He yeah. really was. So let's give him credit. And if yeah. he comes back, the biggest yeah, well, problem I'm... we have is that he's the only person in American history, and this is your argument, and this is how you have to make it. He's the only person in American history that both parties agreed to cheat. And that's the biggest downside. <laughs> there is many upside, yeah. but that's the biggest downside. Yeah. Both parties agreed to cheat this guy. And the only way they got away you know what? I get is from the Mitt Romneys, from the, the, the Liz Cheneys, who's also got that thigh rash, the Adam Kinzingers, yeah. and, the, and, the, and the Republican scumbags. But you have to make it that way, Jeff, and that'll make sense to everybody. So, and most of all, I appreciate you. You, you know what? Yes. Go ahead. You know what? I thank you very much for being on the radio. And I, sometimes I know you get a little irate, but, I, I, you know, I love it. That's just oh. the way it is. Yeah, now, now, here's the one thing I'll say to this. push-ups. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like what you said. What you just said just now was exactly what I would agree with, 100%, because they both sides cheat, and nobody seems to know this. Everybody seems to think one side's better than the other. So there's that friction there is because of that. And who will say I, I always am a firm believer. Are us and those people who considered themselves the far left, who once they realize what they're advocating for is for the same government they despise, to bring them utopia. Once that far left realizes that, then we can get this country back. Because there is no utopia except America, as it was before it was corrupted. An America that gave you law as your shield versus their weapon. Weapon, Kevin, Austin, Texas. Sean, thank you. Please give me 45 seconds to make my point. Right, uh, I love when you have guys like yesterday. Corey's on. He's talking about school choice, and he found very positive. He gives you... Gives you a lot of positivity, like we can make change. You got the uh, uh, guy from Heritage Foundation. He sounded like, you know what, they could encourage me because positive change. And also, I loved when you had the uh, the guy from the union on because he, I think he's an example of people. He's not the union leadership, but he's, he's for a pro-America, American first, ideological war. I also like how you talk about, you know, we're not going to go into guns. We're not going to have an insurrection, but we're going to fight the ideology. And the yeah. way to fight that ideology is where? On the precinct level. And I wish I wish you would have the same reaction, being positive, and encourage people, instead of going to guns, getting local, get involved locally in the precinct level. So you, how you you make change. Don't misinterpret in what I'm saying to you. No, no, no. I yeah. agree with you, 
except when it comes to the sewer of, of corruption. The city of Chicago, the county of Cook, well, the and the Demo- vast majority the of Illinois. You don't. Illinois is a flush. Well, so put on your you Captain well, Stubin costume, like the Tidy Bowl commercial, and flush it because they're going to elect. They've been outflanked, outsmarted. You have a, a, a Democrat running so as a Republican, so and he that? just got the biggest money in Chicago behind him. The biggest money. So how do you fight that? So how well, do you, you fight that? How do you unfortunately, fight the Republican party? You fight them from Indiana. You fight them from Wisconsin. You f- fight them from other states. Illinois, how do you do it? You you support your future by making sure your kids don't have to suffer with you. And you break that trajectory of you live for me and I live for you and we all go down with the ship. Sorry, that's how I feel. I mean, one thing you're going to get from me, Kevin, is truth, even if but you don't want to know it sounds. Yourself. That's what frustrates me. I'm not contradicting no, myself. You can win this war. You're not going to win it from Cook County. They're all in. My neighborhood. You know, listen, this is this is what made it very clear to me. I grew up in the best neighborhood with the best guys. Melrose Park, the best of the best, except when election time comes. Then they put whatever scumbag runs Democrat. Because you know what they're voting for? They're voting for their own greed, the greed of a socialist. And you can you can mentally contort yourself into accepting it because you're in on it. These are guys I love, but it doesn't make it right. And that's the ideology of Illinois and Chicago. I'm sorry, Kevin. That's how I feel. I want you to, but here's the thing. Know this. I want you to be right, and I want to be wrong. But I have objective reason, and I'm cursed with the ability to do both. Thank you very much. We'll take the rest of your calls, Brian, Chuck, and Dominic, after this. AM 560, the answer. I love those discussions. So uh, my wife's in the other room. She's like, you know, you're too mean. You're too strict. You're too, you, you must be. Because we are in a society right now in, in these corrupt strongholds of the mafia where these people do not understand who the boss is and who the employee is. So Glenn Brook yesterday is the prime example. This is not what you promised. You said if they don't wear a mask, they can't speak. I have a mask. I can wear the mask on my head if you want. I mean, it's just... You can wear your mask on your... Okay, now, the tough guy sits on the school board. See, here's how it works, fatso. You are the employee. You, you fat, useless slob. You work for that guy. That guy pays numerous property taxes on numerous properties. You shut your mouth and you remember the relationship. Now, is there a call for this slob to be thrown off the school board? None. He's very secure in his pretend make-believe job. Because in that job... What do you think? It's not a lot of money. Oh, it's a few thousand. Do you know the, the, the kind of contracts he's signing? Do you know what the authorities he's in charge of? Do you know the bribery that's involved in that position? Is there a call by society, by the Illinoisan, to have that slob thrown out in the parking lot where he belongs? The answer is no. Brian, formerly of Oak Forest. Formerly of Oak Forest. Uh, first time caller. I Thank call you, Dan and Amy all the time. I listen every morning. But, um, uh, in particular, I want to respond to the caller from Lincolnwood, and yes. then uh, the last uh, segment, the uh, the dude you were talking about, fight from Indiana. Yeah. Um, if the dude suspects a, a fascist on his board, attack them with the FOIA, 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 FOIA. Attack them with the pen. I like. I that. um, I'm from District 146 in Tinley Park. My kids five and two. I proved three different occasions of CRT in the district in since May. And uh, I decided to take my family out of the district, and we moved over the border to Indiana. 
And I am, I am fly. I uh, planned on having the uh, putting the place in my rear view, but then a woman, the teacher union president, her name is Julie Harris. She spoke on a webinar that I suggest your audience watch. It's called "Confronting the Rise of Public or of School Board Disruptions." And uh, they, it was just leftist, 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 and she took me and she talked about me, and I decided to demand her resignation, and nothing has happened. But my point is, attack them with the FOIA. That's all that dude can do. I love it. There's nothing they can do if it's, it's legal. And, and Brian, I want to say something to you because I know it's not easy. You know, people say, well, I know how hard it is, especially when your kids are young, especially when your family's young, to take them and do yeah. something uncomfortable. But I'm going to tell you something right now. They're better for it, and you're better for oh, it. Oh, yeah. So thank oh, you absolutely. for that. So, so my point is, take your family out of Illinois if you got young kids. If you're listening, leave, because it's the only way to win. That's and if all you I got. can't, I appreciate it, Brian. Thanks for the call. And if you can't leave, that doesn't mean you can't take them home. Stop letting their names be used as revenue generators to support the crime family we call the Illinois Democrat. Chuck Dullivan. Well, there you go. Fight them from Wisconsin. They just made it to where they can't have the drop boxes anymore up here in Wisconsin. How are they going to uh, win, Chuck? Well, they, they just lost about 500,000 votes right there with the drop boxes. <laughs> so you have to physically take one ballot and physically take and give it to one clerk. You mean there's no You know how many man hours numbers? that's going to be for them to cheat? They can't do it. How are they going to do it? There's no, mu- there's no Marxist Scott- ballot harvesting? There's none of that anymore? Nope, that's it. It's over with. No drop boxes where you can drop off 20,000 votes to where you can turn around and get 97% of the population in Milwaukee to vote for Democrats. Now, it's can over I ask with. you something? They're done. On a side note, do you name those pigs after Democrat politicians so you could slap them around? You know what? I, I have names for every one of my pigs. I, I, I treat them with respect. Oh, I like and uh, eventually they'll end up on my platter or they'll end up in sausage patties and I will sell <laughs> yeah, them at the you're Brookfield not, You're not tempted market. to name one Durbin and then slap him on that big fat ass. I say you do it. You make everyone well, feel better. No. Thank you, brother. I got to go. It's the end of the show. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.